0: Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. I hope you're ready, but if you're not, grab your Bible let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. always an honor to have the opportunity to share the word with you guys. Uh, it's been uh, a while, but I really hope that during the next 20 minutes we can uh, give our undivided attention to, uh, to the verses that we're going to read to Psalm, uh, Psalm 90, to be uh, specific. As you know, Pastor Angelia has been preaching on the Psalms during the last uh, two or three Sundays, and my goal is to, to continue doing the same thing continue on the books of Psalms uh, that is actually one of my favorite books but I gotta admit that you know uh, either I like it one thing is to go to the book of Psalms for for personal reference for a personal devotional and another thing is to preach about it right um, probably as you know the book of Psalms is a collection of songs for which we don't know the the music very much actually we don't know the music at all but we know the lyrics right and uh, they were written bo- by uh, a series of authors that they were ve- very, very creative, all right? They were uh, very experts in the, in the art of poetry, OK? And they, they used to, to use a lot of the um, uh, figurative um, languages, right? So what makes the interpretation of sounds kind of a, a, a difficult task, right? The songs are uh, basically an expression, all right, or an attempt of the outer to exteriorize what is on their hearts, and uh, talking about uh, emotions and feelings is always, always a difficult, a difficult task. Um, but there is something very, very, very important, very particular, very unique about the Psalms: is that we have in them, um, and we have to pay attention to this, and this is that. In the Psalms itself, we have a confirmation from God that we can come to him as emotional beings as we are. You know, We can come to him with all our emotions and all our feelings in the middle of of every kind of circumstances. As David Barker, an author on on Psalms expresses, he says, as most part in the Bible, God talks to men, or men talks to men with divine authority. But the Psalms are unique because they are the expression of the man of God to God, right? And this is something that we only have in the Psalms. Isn't, isn't it that fascinating that we have in the Psalms this kind of example? Um, I believe it certainly is fascinating. I don't know about you, but in my case, you know, sometimes I have so many things going on, going on in my mind in my heart that basically it's not only that I don't have a, I feel that I don't have the time to go in prayer with the Lord and express my feelings. It's also that I sometimes there are so much going on in my heart, in my interior, that I don't know how to how to communicate those feelings. I don't know what kind of words to use. That is why we need to understand the sounds. We need to know the sounds because they help us to put in our words what we are feeling and communicate them to the Lord. I ask myself very often, like, what am I supposed to tell God? Every single problem that I have and how I feel about every single one of them. There are sometimes that I feel depressed and I don't even know why. Right? So in the best case scenario, I just dedicate probably, you know, 1 minute, right? prayer and we go like, you know, Father, I ask you that you protect me, you protect my child, you protect. Uh, I ask you for my projects, and that's it. And off we go. In Jesus' name, amen. And off we go. I don't know if you identify yourself with me, but that happens to me uh, uh, here and there, right? So as I was saying, uh, the Psalms actually teach us how to pray without ceasing and in every single circumstances. Last Sunday, Pastor Angel Walk us through the Psalm, uh, uh, the Psalm 91, all right? And um, and uh, today we're gonna take us a, a step uh, back, and we're gonna go through Psalm 90. Right. So, if you paid attention, what we have in Psalms 90 is basically it's a comparison, it's a contrast between the eternal God, all right, and the mortal man, and in, this comparison goes around one petition, one very important petition that the psalmist uh, um, says or asks, and uh, I believe Eddie read it. He says that, may, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And it seems to me that all this prayer of Moses, because of Moses, as you as you see in the header, all this prayer of Moses goes around this request, this petition of gaining or obtaining a heart of wisdom. When we, re- when we read the psalm, we can appreciate that the author, not only strategically, he selects the words, but also the order in which he places the words are part of his message, are an important part of his message. In, in this psalm, I can, I can uh, clearly appreciate at least three movements, all right? That way I have called them three R's of the uh, prayer Moses, all right? Of uh, Moses' prayer, three Hours of Moses' prayer. Let's see if we can, uh, uh, if you can show the presentation there, uh, Angel, just to see the, the title, right? We, that, I, wanna, I want us to memorize these three R's of Moses' prayer. And the first R is going to be the first section that we read, that Therese read, right? It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or even you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, all children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday it, uh, when it is past. As a watch in the night, you sweep them away with a, as with a flood. They are like a dream, like a grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes, and it is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. This is the first section, the first R, right? Does anybody see what Moses, what the author, is trying to do in this first section? Does anybody have any idea what is he doing? The first thing that we can notice that Moses is doing is that first that he doesn't start saying what he wants. Right? He doesn't start saying, I want a heart of wisdom. He starts recognizing God's attributes one by one. Moses starts recognizing, that's the first R, recognizing God's attributes one by one. And I would like to read it one by one, right, so that we can identify God's attributes uh, as we read, right, as we read. So verse 1, Lord, you have been or dwelling place in all generations. What does that sound to you like? What, can, uh, what, what God's attribute can we think about? You can say it out loud if you want. Eternal. Eternal. Moses recognizes God's eternity. Second verse, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Is there a God's attribute there? Which one? From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Does that sound to you something that is related to God's omnipotence when when the author says that God brought forth the mountains and he created the whole world? Does it sound to you like the author is trying to point you at the eternity, at the of God, that he doesn't change from everlasting to everlasting, you are God, right? That's a, a second attribute that God's, God's is, uh, Moses is pointing out, right? Verse 3, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of men. What is, God, what is Moses recognizing, re- recognizing there? When God is able to say, Men, go back to dust. Out loud. Maybe sovereignty. I always have a problem to pronounce that word. Sovereignty. Maybe power. Right. The the um, almighty that God is. Right. Then in verse four it says, "For a thousand years in your sight, I brought as yesterday when it is past, as a watch in the night." Any idea? God is out, out, outside of time, right? God is outside of time. Time does not affect God. You know, I always like to think, to trying to understand these attributes, like that theory of rel- relativity of anything. You know, you can be in your car, right? And you think like you are in, you know, in a state of no speed, right? Things are going slowly. But for a person that is outside of your car, that person can see that you can, you're traveling at 70 miles per hour. right? So that helps me to understand how for God, you know, maybe something that is a thousand years for you is a very long time. For him, is just a split of a second, right? Then it says in verse 5, you sweep them away with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning, it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening, it fades and withers. Again, Moses recognizes God's sovereignty and power. Now, having said this, I think about my one-minute prayers, I I think about all prayers or, you know, regular prayers when we are maybe in bed, maybe taking a shower, maybe sitting sitting down on the toilet, who knows? You know, like, I think Moses is trying to teach us something about the way we approach to God, right? Let me ask you something. Would Would you talk to a God like this, with these attributes? in the way that you approach in your, in your daily routines? How would you approach a God that, is, that has all these attributes that Moses is showing us? So I believe that Moses, in this prayer, is giving, is giving us a pattern. He's trying to teach us how to approach to God to present our prayers, to present our petitions. Like, if we no matter how troubled we are, no matter what circumstances we, we are going through, we need to recognize, and that's the fir- first R, recognize the God that we are talking to, so that, so that we can put our hearts in the right place. So that our hearts can be in the right place to uh, present our petitions to God, <laughs> right? So that's the first R. <clears throat> the second R, we're going to find it in this, in the next section, right? So the first one is. Moses recognizes. Moses recognizes. The second, uh, the second section is from verse 7 to 11. For we, <coughs> for we are brought... Sorry. <coughs> for, <coughs> for we are brought to an end by your anger. And let's pay attention how the how the author, Moses... He's now not talking about God, but he's talking about we, about myself. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you or secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sight. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of a strength, 80. Yet their span is both toil and trouble. They are soon gone. We fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according, according to the fear of you? Allow me to ask to, to read this portion from the, from the, in, uh, from the New International uh, Version, right? Um, it says, we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your indignation. You have set all iniquities before you or secret sins in the light of your presence. Let me ask you, when was the last time that you felt that you felt consumed? Not by the, let's not talk about the anger of God yet. Let's not talk about the wrath of God yet. When was the last time that you feel consumed and terrified about anything? I think that this is a feeling that we're not very familiar with, right? And this is a huge problem. This is a huge problem for us because if we're not familiar with being consumed by something, by being terrified by something, I think what, what the author is trying to transmit here to us loses relevance. relevance. That's why we need the Psalms. That's why we need to know the Psalms. I've, I've been, you know, I, I've, I've spent time trying to, to think of a situation that causes me. Terror that causes me this that the author is is explaining, and uh, the only thing that I can think of besides your preaching, the only the only thing that I can think of is those scenes in which a, a, a criminal is you know being persecuted by police officers, and all of this sudden so he's cornered, right? And you know dozens of cops, you know, get at him. They pull, They reach out to their guns, and he's like, right? Uh, that is, if he only moves an inch, he's going to feel the sound and the power of maybe hundreds of bullets going through his body, right? I, I, I think that's, that's what I would call, you know, feeling terrified, being consumed. You know, in, in my country, maybe, you know, if, he, if you corner a criminal and the, the criminal reaches out for his pocket, I know that the story is going to be completely the opposite. It's everybody around running away, right? Because, you know, it's crazy. But that's the only thing that I could imagine that is terrifying, right? But think for a minute. Think for a minute. What would being or feeling consumed by the anger and and the wrath of God be like? Maybe like being on a furnace, like in the story of Daniel's friends. Maybe like being in a lion's den maybe in old days it would be like being executed in a ba- very painful way like being set fire upon maybe drowned or decapitated however there are missionaries today that are willing to go to places like north korea afghanistan africa and they are willing to expose themselves to that kind of risk in the name of the gospel which is an indication for me that these men and these women of God, they see this kind of risk not even close to the wrath and the anger that God has reserved for those who are away from him. Maybe we are not familiar with being consumed and terrified, but we have the word of God that describes that Jesus experienced in a place called Gethsemane, that he felt the agony of seeing the wrath of God coming towards him. And the Bible says that he sweat something that was like drops of blood, and he asked the Father to pass his cup of his wrath. Let's, Let's read really quick. Luke 22, verse 41, it says, he withdrew about a stone throw beyond them. He got away from the disciples. In the Mount of Gethsemane, he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Do you know that this is something that physically can happen? That you can sweat. Blood, I, I, I invite you to read a little bit about it. It's interesting to think that on one, on one end we have God who is in complete indignation, that he is able to see every single secret scene that you have, and on the other end it's just us, mortal men, fragile, that we are like the grass that flourishes in the morning and at night that's it. We're done. That definitely, that's a very stressing comparison. Then, we are able to understand what Moses is claiming here. It says in the NVI, in the, um, it says, If only we knew the power of your anger. If only we knew the power of your anger. How does a person, knowing that God, what God is capable of, does not run to himself? And surrender all his life. That's the second R. The second R of the of uh, Moses' prayer is that he remembers God's anger. He remembers that God, that man is just a it's just a blink of an eye. And there is a, a third R that we're gonna find in the in the last verses, verses from 12 to 17. It says. And here we have the central, the central request. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, as for many years as we have seen evils. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And as I said, we have here, now first we saw Moses calling out the God's attributes, talking about God. Then in the second R, he remembers about his nature, his mortality and the anger of God. And then in this last section is where he just starts presenting his petition. All right? What is he asking for? He is asking for a heart of wisdom. For me it's 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 very interesting that he associates having this heart of wisdom to the ability of knowing how to count your days. How to count your days is the same thing as having a, wisdom, a heart of wisdom. And that's something that we also, we don't, we don't know how to do. Most likely, in, in the, the few cases that we know how to count our days is, is when we have a person that, is, that has been diagnosed with a, with a um, um, terminal disease, and, it's, uh, and they, are, they receive the notice from a physician. Maybe in that case, we know how to count our days. Well, let me ask you something. Aren't we all in that same condition? Aren't we all dying? Aren't we all you know, in that process of, um, of dying? We don't even know if we will make it home after this, after, after this service. How, will, how would our lives change if we live facing this reality instead of turning our backs at it? The interesting thing is, as I said, is that Moses compares having a heart of wisdom with knowing how to count your days. And then he continues. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the mornings in the mornings with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and as for many years we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. What prayer can be more relevant to us in these times that we're living in? Times in where we seek satisfaction in everything else but in God. Where we are servants of everybody and everything but servants of God. We work countless hours without even considering if God is in the midst of our work. Corey and I, we have been reflecting on this Sunday in the last weeks. And in this particular section, we have found a treasure because we feel Exactly like that. like the world is pushing us to work count a very large number of hours. You know, the the world pushes you to to distract you from from what God wants to do with your life. So we ask the Lord, thanks to this section that we read, we ask the Lord that He can give us a heart of wisdom to satisfy, satisfy, satisfy us with his love to allow us to see his work in our life and finally to affirm and establish the work of our hands. We see in this last section, I see in this last section that Moses, Moses relies on God, relies on God. It is interesting to see that the result of the first two hours is this one. First, he recognizes. Second, he remembers. And because he recognizes and he remembers, then he is able to rely on his God. It is important to know that these psalms, uh, in difference to Psalms 91 that we saw last Sunday, Psalm 91 is a psalm of comfort. This psalm is a psalm of lament. But the Psalms the of Lament are not songs of desperation, but they are songs of hope. On the contrary, they teach us to move ourselves from the state of lament to the state of hope. And they give us an anchor of the faith in the person of God in the middle of our daily storms. I want to propose you something very, very simple. This week, this week that is coming, dedicate some time. Dedicate some time to recognize the God's attributes that you know, the God's attributes that he has let you know. Recognize God's attributes in your life, first thing. Second thing, try to remember, try to remember what you are in the front of God. Try to do the same thing that Moses did. After painting a picture about who God is, who his God is, He's like he saw himself in a mirror. And he saw that he saw that he's just you know like a like the grass, like the, je- the day the day of yesterday, like a dream, something that ha- has that happened to you that you dream something, and the next day you don't you can't even remember what you what you dreamed of. So that's exactly what Moses did. He recognizes he got, his God. He remembers that he's, he's nothing in front of him, and in the, in the third place. He relies on his God. He asks God to teach, to teach him. He asks him to satisfy him. He asks him to um, affirm the work of his hand, to see God's grace. And after you reflect on these things, I invite you to do something like like this, this man of God did. They put him on writing. It's, for me, it's, it's, it's something that I, it's hard for me to believe that men in this kind of pain, this kind of tribulation, they took the time to write down what they felt. And the, the culture of that time, they considered that important. The poetry, and that's how it passes, it passed along. And it continues uh, in, until today. So take the time this week to reflect on these three R's. Recognizing, remember, and relying. And I'm sure, I'm sure that at the end of that process, you will see that you will have a little bit more of this heart of wisdom that Moses is talking about. Amen? So let's, uh, let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for having the opportunity of, of reading, Father, with my brothers and sisters, this treasure that is your word, Father. God, uh, allows us to, Father, to, to meditate, to reflect on it every single day, Father. Father, we don't want to waste not even one day, God, of knowing you, God. It's, it's amazing, God, how you have taken the initiative, Father, to put something like your word at all reach so that we can know you, God. Father, you have wanted, God, that we know you as you are, God. Father, we are not alone. You have have given us through the Psalms a way, a voice, Father, an orientation of how to come to you, God, with all all our complex feelings and emotions, with all our trials and and, and tribulations, God. Father, we thank you, God. I thank you because we have something as beautiful as your word, God. Allow us, God, to, to be aware of this, God, and change our lives, Father, in, in, in such a way that we might grow, Father, in wisdom, that we might gain this heart of wisdom that Moses is is, uh, is writing about, Father, and Moses is trans- transmitting us, God. Father, we need you. Father, we are, we are thirst for you, Father. I ask you, God, that you stay with us, that we can leave this place, change, God, and that we can... Uh, seek you, Father, throughout the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church.